Well, it's probably snowing somewhere. It's snowing everywhere but Arizona, I think, at this point. Maybe not Florida because there are teams in Florida. Uh, happy Pitchers and Catchers Report Day. This is the Smoke Signals Podcast. I'm Justin Latta, joined by Willie Hood and Joe Jeezy Koblitz. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, February 17th, um, as Pitchers and Catchers officially report to camp. Um, and how are we celebrating? We are celebrating with the release of our annual top prospect rankings. Um, it's a little bit different this year. We'll get into all that. But guys, thanks for joining me to talk about this. I know I've been excited to, to get this rolled out and, and start to put this to bed so we can get forward with it. Honestly, how are you guys feeling about it? Uh, I, I think it's personally offensive to rank human beings. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's a fair comment. That's, that's very fair. I'm going to get out there ahead of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be canceled. We're going to be canceled for this, aren't we? Shoot. That, that's how I'm starting. So, I'm, I'm not ranking them. I'm ascribing numbers to each of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That sounds that, – yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. I, okay. You know what? You can use that as, as uh, to describe the changes we made this year because Willie's – Willie's really more accurate yes, we're, compared to what we used to do. We are, that's a good point. So we are ascribing new numbers this year. We have a new way of ranking prospects. Um, in the past, IBI has generally done uh, kind of narrative-based blurbs, you know, just encapsulating offense, defense, and all kinds of interesting parts of a player's game into one or two paragraphs. Um, this year we've moved towards more of a – uh, traditional scouting number base. Actually, we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, what I wanted to introduce first was, okay, so the, for those who are listening who haven't been to the site yet, um, we did the top 70. The top 70 rankings are live on the site. If you go to the top of the website and you click on prospect rankings, we have the full list uh, live on the site now instead of releasing them day by day like we used to. So you can see the list in full to start. And then We'll release two scouting reports per day. Uh, today was number 70, Corey Holland, and number 69, uh, Chris Roller, a pair of outfielders that Joe wrote up. So um, any of those guys' families are listening or reading, you can blame him for his write-up to them. Um, but generally, two, you know, two good players to start with that are lesser-known prospects. Uh, Corey Holland's scouting report is open for – non-subscribers to read so you can get an idea of our changes and uh, just how we're going to do things this year. So like I said, two of these are going to be released per day. Tomorrow, number 68, Juan Moda goes up in the morning. That'll be free uh, for everybody to read. And then everything from 68 on up, uh, you have to be a subscriber. So any of those scouting reports you want to read, it's $4.99 a month. If you can afford it, uh, please subscribe, read the report, and follow along as they go. We'll link each profile to the name uh, on the rankings list at the, top, at the top venue, like I mentioned. So you can go there and click those names as they come out and, and click on the reports and read them if you're a subscriber. So the new method methodology of ranking. Um, the grading scale in, uh, among scouts is, you know, the 20 to 80 scouting scale, 80 is elite, 70 is uh, plus plus, 60 is plus, 55 is above average. 
50 is average, 45 is fringe average, 40 is below average, and then anything below 35 to 30 is generally kind of a a 4A kind of player, and then a 20 is an organizational player that probably has no shot at making it up. We didn't write up any 20 players because we didn't see the – we all didn't have the time to write every prospect up. I, mean, I got maybe time. Some of us did. I did. Uh, I'm, <laughs> Joe's got time. I'll so write if you want 20 for you. 20. Yeah, Joe will have the 20s at the, at the end of March when uh, – when camp comes north and they start playing in April, uh, Joe can write up all the 20s for you. I'm but... trying to th- see a good name. Uh, we didn't do Tyler Freese. You want to? <laughs> it sounds like a perfect profile for April 15th. That's it. Alex Call no, wants to know why he's not wrote up, Joe. I'd, I'd be happy to do Alex, Alex Call. Call. I actually liked watching him play. <laughs> probably not a ton different than uh, Chris Roller, maybe. I was we'll about see. to say, I would, I would um, probably give him higher marks than uh, – Corey Holland, but that's – I understand he's older and we don't like old people. Yeah. Yeah, we have – you know, we've, we're assigning numbers to people and we're – we have age bias, that too, Again, you know. You're age so, discrimination Justin, you're so problematic. I know. This is a very problematic website in practice. I, I feel bad for everybody who's involved. Uh, but we ranked hit, hit tool, power, approach, arm, fielding, uh, speed, and then all, all the kinds of stuff. So there's an article up on the website if you want to read that. That's at the top of the rankings list. But this is generally what the industry, baseball industry as a whole, if you go to fan graphs, if you go to uh, MLB Pipeline, a little less though ESPN. I don't think they really do this that, that in depth. Um, baseball America, Prospect Live, uh, all those places are doing traditional scouting grades uh, on their prospect uh, scouting reports. So we switched to that, and we switched to that because otherwise we'd be writing about the same stuff we wrote about last year, right? I mean, we would just essentially regurgitate the same information as a year ago and without a reason to re-rank because – Well, except uh, the additions, <laughs> the, the many, many new, new yeah, additions. Yeah, the new there – there are many new additions, and there are guys who, you know, did get some playing time in the big leagues last year. We at least got to see some video, some grainy video from – Lake County and Joe got to see some of them in Arizona for a week at the end of October. Um, but other than that, not a lot changed. So I, I think Joe's right. Make, when you look yeah. at the top 50 players or so, there's at least 10 or 11 new players in the organization. And that significantly changed the rankings. Of course, there was a few graduations or guys who were on the cusp of graduating. Uh, Logan Allen graduated. Um, Tristan McKenzie is getting close to it. Uh, James Karinchak graduated. So there's a, there's a few names that came off of the list, but um, there's a lot of players that have been added to the list too. And I think that really changed the list in and of itself when you add a lot of quality talent like Cleveland did um, through the draft and through the trades that they've made. Um, I think moving toward an industry standard uh, type of format was a common sense type of move um, being that Fangraphs does that baseball America does it with a blurb and then they describe the players tools. Um, that's essentially kind of what we were doing before, but we were just never putting numbers to it. Now I think it's caused me to look a little bit closer at players and compare them to other players to, uh, determine a grade and then also compare to industry 
grades on some guys and say, um, once I've thought that, uh, say, Nick Malachak's um, changeup was an average and then went and looked at it compared to other guys, you know, um, see what other people are saying about it, and you find either you're off or you're close, um, I, I think it gives you a pretty good grasp of, hey, I've got the right idea with where I'm going, what I'm doing here. Um, but I, I think it does change the dynamic as far as our write-ups go. Yeah, Joe, did you how – did, how, did how did the new process kind of change how you evaluate or look at players? Did it change anything from how you looked at them in the past? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've always been a fan of the bigger lists. When I was writing on Burning River, I, man, I think I went up to like 110 at one point uh, just because I, I didn't want to leave anyone out, and I always felt bad. But it's very difficult to then differentiate between number 80 – and number 90 and number 60 even uh, it's really easy to make a top 10 list or a top 30 and just pick the guys who everyone loves and say they're all amazing. But to really break it down into sections, I think you can do that a lot easier uh, when you start assigning numbers, especially like you could say this pitcher is the best, has the best fastball or this guy is the best curveball. But once you're talking about more than five guys, you got to break it down a little bit more accurately than that. Yeah, I think that's a good way to separate it. And it gives people an idea of overall impact, too. And that's why we have the overall grades and individual grades, the tools. And, you know, some grades, some tools, you know, like, like Corey Holland, who obviously was up today, you know, a plus-plus runner, mm. uh, great, great home the first time. But that's, you know, just because he has a 70 run, you know, that's not a tool that's really going to vault him up in an overall grade, you know, you need a lot of other grades to, to be higher of the scale in terms of. Yeah. And I mean, the, fa- the, grades the fastest guy I've ever seen is out of the system and never made it above high A. So, you know, I loved it. Yeah. But clearly that means nothing. Yeah. You can't. I mean, Quentin Holmes still exists, but he's not. Quentin Holmes is not even on our top 70. Oh, that's a spoiler. If you haven't read the list yet. Yeah, spoiler alert, Quentin Holmes, not part of the top 70, but Corey Holland is. I think we – that might be the age bias right there. I'm not, I can't. I, I don't even know how old Quentin Holmes is compared to Corey Holland, so maybe that's a bad take. Now we're going to have to redo the whole Corey list. Corey Holland's 21. <laughs> All right, well, we're just going to camp. If you listen this far, you know, thank you, and, and we'll come back in two weeks and try this again. Um, let's dive into this a little bit, though. I want to get – you know some of your uh, some of your thoughts on this list. Okay, Corey, Corey Holland and Quentin Holmes are the same age, awesome. by the way. So we didn't discriminate based on age. Um, so the lowest we go on the list is a thirty, and I put a plus next to those because I think a thirty generally is, like I said, is at, at best thirties are are four A type guys, guys that that might get an emergency call up. And as I explained on the on the primer, a thirty plus is essentially like. Um, close to like a Bo Taylor type, like a, or Neil Ramirez, two guys that were kind of at the end of the Cleveland bench in the last couple of years that were just call-ups because they needed to fill a role. Neil Ramirez ended up playing a little pitching a little more just because the bullpen was disastrous in 2018, but uh, you know, he's out of baseball now. So I think that just kind of tells you what a 35 or a 30 is. So we think some of these thirties on this list have a chance to be a 35 or more. So that's why the plus is next to their name. So, Willie, let's start with you. Of the thirty, the guys who have a thirty-plus overall grade right now, is there anybody in this list that you like to either rise above that, or you know, 
at least make the major leagues in some in some capacity. Jeez. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot right away. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the list and it you know, there are several guys in here that I've liked coming in from the draft and stuff. Several of them are just so young, it's hard to say a whole lot about, especially after they lost last season. Um, one that I think could surprise people is one I wrote up, and he'll be up tomorrow, which is Juan Moda. Um, a guy that can throw 100, 101 is going to get a look somewhere. Even if he walks four or five guys in innings, somebody may give him an opportunity at some point. You know, that's why a guy like Neil Ramirez gets a shot because he throws 95, 96, 97 on occasion. So he may be a cup of coffee guy. Um, really curious what happens with uh, Jonathan Rodriguez, who is a lot of tools and hasn't put it all together yet. Uh, Joe Naranjo. And, and of course, you got a Bloodlines player like Christian Cairo. I don't know if, I don't know, and I haven't seen those guys in person. So it's hard to say um, where they're at. Uh, I know that Victor Nova was a guy when he came over that uh, fan graphs said that he had the potential to be a utility player. So it's not that they were saying he had a high ceiling, but there was some value there. And a, a lot of these players could be, could be, as you said, organizational guys, maybe they get a cup of coffee. Um, several of them are still very young. That's something that Cleveland has targeted through the draft. And of course, with your international signings, you get very young players. Um, so there's some development path ahead for a few of these guys, a very raw player like Corey Holland, who was up today, some tools that are there to succeed, but can he bring them all together? You know, um, right now, if I had to pick one player of the group that I think will possibly break through the majors, I'll just say one Moda. That's fair. Joe, how about you? I, for whatever reason, you wound up writing a ton of these 30 pluses just because of where they've been so far in the system. I think that just kind of says probably why their grades are the way they so are. But, um, is there any so one I didn't or two? mess up any of the good guys. <laughs> no. Yeah. You took just, this at the essentially, looking at this grouping, there's like two different types of players. You're either a guy who used to be considered a good prospect, like I'm going to say, or a moderate prospect, like Oscar Gonzalez, where he had some tools and he looked like maybe he'd be something and he's kind of fallen off a cliff and, or, well, maybe he just didn't improve as much as we wanted him to. And now it doesn't look like he's going to be a big leaguer, or at least not a starter. So you've got the older guys, and you've got a ton of younger guys who just don't have everything yet. So my pick on this group is Raynel Delgado, because he's got a really good base. He just doesn't have any power. And I think of the things you can learn or get better at, as a young guy coming up through the system is he can get stronger and he can, he can improve his arm strength. He can improve his bat strength where he already has the bat control that he needs. And he's already got the base running and he's already got the fielding at three different positions. So I feel like yeah, he definitely has a chance, but we have to rank him this low because he's not there. Yeah, you just wait for some of those those tools to translate onto the field, and that's kind of why. I mean, the hard, the hard part of this is you're trying to look at, okay, what's the most realistic outcome for this player? What is their most realistic? I mean, there's a range of feelings anywhere from, you know, not making it to double A to, to being a big league, you know, utility player in this range, basically. Um, and you're, you're trying to figure out, like, what is the most realistic ceiling 
or the realistic outcome for this player's talent level. And I think you're right with Delgado saying that he's, you know, got a bunch of, okay, he's got a good glove at a number of positions. He has bat control, which the Indians love. And it might be easier for him to tap into a little bit of power and, and give him some sort of future. Yeah, as and I, I love guys player. who are really good athletes, you know, in really good shape. And I feel like that's easier to uh, project into a professional baseball player than somebody. Uh, I, I don't want to insult anybody, but Cairo, who is not, you know, like someone like that, I don't feel like maybe he can, but I'm less confident in his ability to become a big leaguer. Which is where, you know, risk comes into the risk factor. We ranked all these risks from high to to low. And obviously a lot of guys in this situation, 30 pluses are high yeah. because of where they are and how far it would take them to get to that ceiling. The one guy I look at in this in this range I'm most interested in. I still love Jonathan Rodriguez's tools, like like Willie said, but um, Will Brennan is a guy who can play center field, who puts a lot who makes a lot of contact and has a great throwing arm, was a pitcher in college. I kind of want to see what the Indians do with him and what kind of role he can fill. Could he be their first two-way player? Um, you know, could he be Michael Lorenzen? I know Lorenzen's got some pop with the Reds, but and, and well, Brennan Power is not really part of his offensive game, but, you know, he can put the bat on the ball and he can run a little bit and he can throw the heck out of the ball. So I want to see what the Indians um, have planned for his future the most out of that group. I, really back I, to you. Yeah, I, I was going to say on Will Brennan, I think you're looking at a player similar to Andrew um, Calico, I think his name was, that was in the system a few years ago uh, that the Tribe drafted a couple of times, and he, he finally uh, fizzled out at A or retired at AA. Um, I think there's a fourth or fifth outfield type there. And, you know, you mentioned that he pitched in college. He was up to 93 at one point when he was at Kansas State. Um so there is some arm strength there. I'm curious if things don't work out, if they'd run him back out into the bullpen again. Um, he is left-handed. He would, yeah, I mean, it's not like they don't need uh, left-handed arms in the system right now, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, and another, yeah, they need both. Maybe he can fill both roles. That's why uh, I like him so much. Okay, Willie, th- 35. From that group of 35, who is the guy that you'd like to – make the majors or maybe even surpass that 35 grade sometime in the future. There's two guys that stand out to me. Um, one I'll throw out is Scott Moss, because I think he will get a cup of coffee as a major league reliever uh, just because he's left-handed and he can hit low mid nineties, um, has several pitches, really good extension, can look good with a slider at times. Uh, I think his control would probably play better out of the bullpen. Um, I'm excited about Jordan Humphreys. I think that was a really shrewd pickup for the tribe. If he is healthy, he's a guy that had a uh, 1.6 walk rate throughout his minor league career to this point. Again, you know, he's not pitched in two, three years really. Um, But somebody that's fastball has been taking upward and he has that control, uh, has a curveball that was above average added a slider and has a change up too. So, you know, there's, there's a pretty good chance with that kind of control that he could make it out of the bullpen. I think with just the sheer volume of pitches that is, that he has and the, uh, and the curveball that he has. Yeah. Those are two, two good options for sure. And Moss might even be up 
uh, at some point in 2021. We'll see what his role ends up being. Joe, is there anybody in this group of 35 that you can single out as you like the most or, or has some future potential to, to rise above that 35 yeah, I think, grade? Um, I mean, Moss obviously has the best chance of being in the big leagues ever, but also the best in 2021. So he's easily the first. And he is the highest on the you know that we ranked out of this group. I used to be really high on Jose Tena, and I was disappointed uh, in 2019, I guess it would have been, by his defense. He's a, he's a solid offensive guy, but he was not as good as I thought he was defensively. So I'll go with uh, Andre Melendez, new catcher. That's a fair new, pick. New-ish catcher. I, the Indians love – they love these uh, good defenders behind the plate who can run a game, and they've had such terrible luck for like almost a decade just picking bad catcher after bad catcher or not picking any catchers to the point where I think the triple A catchers, man, I can't even remember back to the last triple A catcher. I guess would Roberto Perez was the last triple A catcher. That wasn't just some guy who some other team threw away and, and they air cost him into the organization, you know? So I think yeah. it, it helps. And Melendez isn't the only guy on the list at uh, Yiner Diaz was, at the, uh, is it also rated 35 and then there's a few others coming up in the higher rankings. And I think that'll help replenish the catching depth at the upper minors eventually in a year or two. Yeah. This group is, has got a lot of guys. I think that a year from now might end up moving into the 40 territory. I think Tina's bat might push him in the 40 territory. I think Pastrano's bat could push him in the 40 territory. And I know there's other places that really like Junior Sanquit. I do too. Um, that, that think uh, he could I, I mean, I, d- I wrote him up and I compared him directly to his classmates, which is like Gabriel Rodriguez and Angel uh, Martinez. And he's definitely the worst of that group. But he has a lot of different things that are really fun about him too. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's a good chance those three infielders all wind up moving up. Melendez is one, two. Uh, this whole group, I really think, has the potential to be above a 35, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm less confident in maybe Diaz a little bit because as, as Melendez is, is a good defender. or be, I should say yes. a better defender than Diaz, not that good. But um, <clears throat> that always gives you a good floor as a catching prospect, especially, like you said, in the Indians organization. And then I, I think I, I got to throw my, co- they, I throw my caveat in that I always do on all of these guys, especially like Will, we talked about Will Brennan and Ray Delgado. The Dominican Summer League stats are essentially garbage. You can just throw them away as soon as those guys come to America. The AZL stats are very close to being garbage. I have seen seen so many guys just absolutely wreck this league because they're playing against 16 and 17-year-olds and then go to Mahoning Valley and get destroyed. And now there's no Mahoning Valley. So they got to go straight from here to uh, Lynchburg. And, I mean (laughs) – Diaz was a guy that really struggled making that jump and it, it, that worries me. And so I'm wondering uh, how many of these guys, maybe we ranked high or I did because I covered all the EZL guys for the most part, how many I ranked high because they killed it here that will immediately fall off a cliff upon reaching Lynchburg. That's, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to look at a guy in Arizona. You've really got to look at, at kind of the other stuff going on there relative to yeah, competition. Yeah, so I mean, I mean to, when I'm watching them, I can see their physical abilities, but, you know, officially, 
you know, this guy hit this and whatever. Uh, I think people may get a, the wrong impression looking at some of those numbers. Yeah, for sure. All right, 40. The 40 group is, is a big group. So this is going to be hard. Um, you know, without diving too deep here, because other things I want to get to. But, you know, I don't have, I don't have a ton left on, left on the list. But, um, Willie, any of your guys from the 40 that you'd like to make an impact? We've got about 36 guys <laughs> with the 40 grade on there. Um, seriously, though, there's, there's several guys. I'll just throw a few names out. Owen Miller, I think, can be a utility player. Uh, Angel Martinez, I really like him. Trevor Steffen and uh, Nick Milochek. I think those four are four that will perform uh, when they get an opportunity. Uh, hopefully, Steffen makes a – or gets an opportunity to make the club. I, I think he could – be a middle reliever that'll help the club this year if uh, if he makes the club. And of course, he's a Rule 5 pick, so he's either make or break with the club out of spring training, which I don't know how uh, um, how I like that. But I, I think he's an interesting arm, and I would like to see him stay in the system. Um, the other two players, Owen Miller and uh, Martinez, probably utility guys when, it, when all is said and done. But I really like the bat and the um, and the ability for Miller to move around a little bit. I think he can play second, some short, and third base. Um, somebody I think that will definitely hit for average. And then I mentioned um, Milochak. He's interesting watching video of him last night. I know in college he was a swing man. Um, I saw a lot of a slider last night when I was watching video of him. And I, I rarely saw his curve and his changeup. But uh, he's reportedly had a big uptick in velocity and made some mechanical adjustments and uh, kind of wait and see with him. But he's an interesting arm because of uh, the, the tools and then the control that he has. I do think there's middle relief upside there with possible uh, room for more. Yeah, just to give context <clears throat> on this list, if you haven't looked at it yet and you're listening, um, of the 40 grade players we have on this list, remember 40 grade is like below average. These guys are all potentially major leaguers in some in some respects. They just maybe aren't um, regular, you know, at regulars right now, or they they just haven't shown on the field yet enough to change above that grade. But um, our 40, our grade of 40 list goes from 26 to uh, 50. So you know, a little over a half our or a quarter of our list here is. 40 grades, which is not a, not a bad player. You know, like I said, these guys could all make the major leagues and, and do something there. And they could be better than that. It's just, like I said, that's where they're at right now and where we think what they've done to this point says where they're going to go. Uh, so, Joe, anybody from this list that stands out to you that you uh, think makes the jump from yeah, 80, 40 the, uh, to 45? Yeah, that got hurt. Uh, at the absolutely worst time to get hurt where they missed pretty much all of 2019 and then obviously – you know, they wanted to come back for 2020, and that went out. <laughs> so, uh, Richie Palacios, uh, absolutely love him as a middle infielder, mostly second base. Uh, he's got a lot of power. Like, he, I, I think he, he potentially has major league starting ability, but it's it's so hard to judge a guy who, who just came up, essentially played one season, and then disappeared. <laughs> so, it, it's really rough for him. And then... Uh, Ray Burgos, I also like a lot. He has had, I believe, two Tommy John surgeries now. 
uh, and he missed all of 2019 or most of it with the second. Or uh, actually, I don't even think he had surgery what? that time. I he had Tommy John high school, and then he had uh, I think surgery to repair. Okay, a there you go. Yeah, so his forearm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty typical with Tommy John. The on the bone breaks, they end up uh, fixing it with a plate. Yeah, and so he's a, and some screws. He's another guy that's, that's been in Arizona a ton, bionic uh, man, because of those rehabs, <laughs> and he's always been very impressive. But at this point, he is getting a little older uh, for what his level has been. Yeah, I liked what I saw him at Lake County. I would like to see a healthy year out of him and see what he can do because. I think there's some potential there for him to be like a, a left-handed Tristan McKenzie, a guy who grows into his frame and, um, you know, adds some velocity to that fastball and hopefully gets some strength. It's a, it, this is such a big group. It's so hard to, to sort through again. This is prospects on our list, 26 through uh, 50 that are all with a four-year well, overall grade. Hey, um, I was close when I said there was 36. That's what, 24 of them? Well, I'm looking at <laughs> – Yeah. Especially at That's the bottom of this, but that. also with like Stefan – there's a lot of guys on here who will probably be in the major leagues this year. And some of them have already been like Cam Hill and, and Yu Chang. Uh, Ernie Clement very easily could be in the big leagues this year. Adam Scott, Nick Samlin. Yeah. Th- there's Robert a lot Green. of guys that could be in the big leagues. And I think that's why we had them ranked so high. It's just, they don't have that great of a ceiling. Sam. Yeah. Hanks. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a real mix here. Like, you know, <clears throat> We have Hunter Gaddis on here, who I think could be a major league starting pitcher, currently in a 40. Um, just haven't seen a whole lot of him yet, and I think there's some mechanical things mm-hmm. that do worry me to a point. There's, uh, there's, you know, Kyle Nelson's part of this list. He was up last year. We think he'll be up at some point this year. And then there's guys like uh, Alexi Planez, who Alexi Planez has all the tools in the world and is extremely young, has doesn't yeah, have a lot of experience on, on the field. Because he broke his handmade phone. Missed, missed all of 2019. Yeah, and he's just – I mean, he, he swings he swings at every pitch that's, like, in either batter's box. It doesn't matter where they throw it. He's going to try to swing at it. So, you know, the approach kind of holds him back here. But it's a guy who is young as an inexperienced as he has with all those tools. If he ever gets the time on the field and, um, you know, cleans that approach up, <clears throat> you're talking about a guy who could be a 45 or a 50 very easily. It's just mm-hmm. he's not there yet. But that's a guy from that list who – I think has a lot of potential that, you know, no one's just seen yet. <clears throat> the 45s are a lot higher or a lot different. So for, like I said before, 45 is essentially, <clears throat> excuse me, a platoon player. You know, I, I would consider a 45 grade player, like a Jordan Luplo, uh, a guy who's a really good platoon player, but maybe not a great starter. Uh, Mark Reynolds, who, started, but wasn't, you know, great, but was, was okay. Josh Tomlin, I think was a 45 after, your back of the rotation kind of arms that provide some value, but aren't really like regulars and then have some issues going on or Dan Otero, a really nice sixth or seventh inning arm uh, on a good year. I think those are your 45s. So are there any guys in this list? Let's pick one or two, Willie. Um, One or two of the 45s that you think could be a 50 or higher. Oh, gee. Joey Contillo. 12 to 25 on this list. <laughs> Joey Contillo, and uh, I'll go a little bit further down. PD Halpin. PD Halpin is extremely toolsy. Loved him coming out of the draft. It's going to take time for the tools to show. 
Um, so we'll need some patient with him, patience with him. But Joey Contillo, I, I think, has number two upside. And it would not surprise me if he's in the top 10. It's not like he's far off right now. We have him at number 11 overall. But I, I do think there's big upside that is coming with him. And he's only 20, 21 years old. Um, Cleveland definitely knows how to develop pitchers. And, and they need some left-handed starters. And it won't be a surprise to me if he takes a big leap forward this year. For sure. Yeah, I, th- I think Cantillo is a guy that's going to pop up on a lot of top 100 lists nationally if he has a good season. I think he was close before, and wouldn't surprise me if he takes that leap this year. Joe, anybody on the, the 45s, two guys that you uh, think will perform over this grade? This group, but I have to shout out Junkie, uh, the big <laughs> John Kenzie Noel, because I love first baseman, and he – he does crazy things like uh, does the splits when he's fielding first base and he's really fast and he hits the opposite field. He is not your typical first baseman in any uh, sense. And I think he's a major leaguer, but I said that about Jesus Aguilar and Bobby Bradley. And I, I well, know Jesus Aguilar is still I mean, a major I, leaguer. I guess we don't know I, about Bobby yet. Like my – I'm not going to say Bobby Bradley here because he is an, one, another of our 45s. But when he was in Arizona, I saw him as unquestionably the Indians starting first baseman. And the way they've treated him has made me question that they don't see him the same way. Uh, so, but I'll, I'll go all in on Jockey until he uh, gets pushed aside. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, he's, I, I haven't really. I mean, we left we left uh, a lot of those guys to you because you've uh, you know seen them more than us down in Arizona, and I'm trying to look at Noel's numbers to see if he has the same strikeout issues as Bobby no, Bradley appears. Maybe he does not. So I'll be curious to see what that turns into as he moves up a few levels. And I think he is a guy who would have benefited from I'm sure a Mahoning Valley type level this year, um, but he won't do that. So I don't know what's going to happen to him. But yeah, I think that's the guy that his future could go a lot of ways and it could be a 50 and it could be well, yeah, I, uh, a 30. I, I, I don't know. In, in a couple of years, I expect I love that one seeing to a guy in Arizona who can hit to the opposite field with power, because I think that's a choice here. And there's a lot of guys that maybe just come down and just try to smash everything. Uh, you know, just try to pull everything and, and get some gaudy numbers up there. But he was so good at going to all fields and really taking pitches where they should go instead of just trying to mash everything and striking out a lot. That's fair. This, yeah, this 45 list, I think everybody in this list has the potential to, yeah. to pour above it. Like, I think this is a good list. <clears throat> you know, we haven't seen anything from Lenny Torres yet because and he was hurt too. in 2019. And, um, and Var- yeah, I was going to say Vargas for me. I've already said it on Twitter, but I think Vargas is going to be a breakout uh, pitcher this year in the system. And I think he's got a chance to be a top 100 starter uh, prospect as a prospect, maybe the, by this time next year. Um, and, and any of these guys in this list, I think really could be, maybe besides, besides Emmanuel Classe, because I think he's going to exhaust his eligibility this year and um, you know, he is at best a reliever. Maybe Vargas is a reliever too, but uh, I don't at least continue to, to work him as a starter. So Torres could be there. You know, Isaiah Green, who the Indians got in the um, 
Lindor and Carrasco trade is in this this grouping as well. So is Josh Wolf, and I like both of them. Carson Tucker, I Carson Tucker is a hard one to figure out because he didn't. You know, was, all all these twenty twenty draft picks mm-hmm. are hard to figure out because they didn't have much of a season. And, um, you know, they obviously didn't get on the field in twenty twenty as as minor leaguers. But I would say at least Logan Allen and, and uh, you know, he had a, a long college career. It was really good. So I'd expect him to move up a little bit to the 50 range. Um, you know, Daniel, Daniel Johnson to me seems like a perfect 45. I think I think Daniel Johnson and Jordan Luplo yeah. are just made for each other as a platoon. Like those guys combined could be like a 55 regular because they each are good offensively from their side of the plate. They both play solid defense. Maybe Johnson's a better defender, but. Like to me, Daniel Johnson and Jordan Luplo are just perfect examples of guys that can be productive major leaguers if they're put into like that specific role. They're just not everyday regulars. So I think that's what's what's great about this list. And and Gabriel Arias is on here. You know, at number twelve before we move up to the top to top ten. You know, that's a guy with all star potential too. If he can ever rein in his approach and make some contact for a change, that's another guy that all these guys in this list could could go way upwards. Um, I'll just run through the top 10 real quick for those who haven't seen it. Tanner Burns to 50 at number 10. Uh, these are all 50s. Hankins number 9. Ethan Hankins number 8 is uh, second baseman Aaron Bracho. Number 7 is shortstop Brian Rocchio. Number 6 is catcher Bone Naylor. Number 5 is pitcher Daniel Spino. 4 is Tristan McKenzie. And then 3 is outfielder George Valera. And then our 255 overalls on this list are uh, number two is outfielder slash third baseman, Nolan Jones, whoever he wants to play. And then uh, Tyler Freeman at shortstop is our number one prospect. Um, Freeman, Freeman, it's the first time Freeman's appeared for us at number one. It's been Jones most of the last two years. Um, it's, it's a tricky pick. I, I believe in Freeman's bad enough to be a hitter at the major league level, even if he has a second baseman, I think he'll, he'll provide a lot of years of solid, de- of really good defense at second base but for a high average and he'll tap into some power and um, steal some bases. So I, I think I feel comfortable with him at number one in that grade, even though I think Jones is going to provide uh, just as much offensive value, just in a very different way, but maybe Freeman playing second base, adding the speed and having maybe a little bit more, of a better floor because of the contact ability, I guess, that either one of you want to debate me or chime in on, on that assessment. I know you and I talked about Freeman uh, on Twitter this morning a little bit. Um, definitely agree with you on Freeman that he has the potential, if anyone does in this entire system, to hit 300. I don't care if he walks – Five percent of the time, he hits three hundred. Um, you know, that's an all-star caliber player. Somebody I think that's power is ticking in the right direction. I, I think he's more along the lines fifteen, eighteen home runs a year, and we'll see. Uh, obviously, he's not shown that yet, but I know he's added strength. I know he's worked hard. We've seen a lot of video of that posted on Twitter. Um, you know, the the fact that he is a hard worker. He's going to show up every day, play the game hard. He's going to steal bases. I think he's going to provide a lot of offensive value. Um, 
and would not be surprised if he outperforms the 55 ranking. I think what holds him down is the walk. If he can get his walk rate up to 7 8%, that would be tremendous. But, uh, you know, I, I think he could honestly hit 275 easily, but I think he probably falls somewhere in the 280, 290 range. And I know I'm blow, blowing a lot of smoke right now for a guy who hasn't played in double A, but there's a lot of talent here. Uh, I think he could move quickly, could potentially be with the team at some point, if not for the amount of depth above him. I think Cleveland will slow the process down a little bit just by sheer volume of talent in front of him. But um, I, I think he, as you said, uh, he could potentially provide value as Jason Kipnis did when he first broke into the big leagues. Joe, what are your what are your thoughts on Freeman being number one for us? And well, I fought for uh, Freeman to be just number that one. Top 10 so overall. I should be happy with that. <laughs> I think one thing that's interesting about him <laughs> is that he's kind of an old school player, and not like old school like when we were young, but like old school from the forties. <laughs> Keep going back, like he's like a Joe Sewell type player from the twenties. Yeah. You know, where he he never strikes out. He's a really good fielder. Uh, I, he doesn't hit for a ton of power. I think people will really embrace him, especially in this age of every year there's a new strikeout record. I think people like to see him to kind of shift it back a little bit and, and maybe be a little more aggressive on the on the bases and not just sit around and wait for a home run, especially since the Indians haven't really hit that many home runs recently. They kind of need to be a different type of team. I think he can take him in that direction. So I, I like him. I The other thing is like, with number four and number five, there, there's still that argument over who's the top pitcher in the organization. Is it McKenzie, who's in the big leagues already and has proven himself over years, or Espino, who's just got that, like, sky's the limit talent but has not proven anything yet? Yeah, that's always an interesting choice. I mean, for me, for both for the both those pitchers, they have concerns about their body. Like Mackenzie's super thin and has had injury issues, maybe because of it. And Espino is a lot shorter than your your average pitching yeah, prospect that you would like to see. That he's high. throwing hundred miles an for hour. Me, who cares? I mean, Atalia's. right. I mean, how much? How much? does that take a toll on his body? But for me, if you look at the video of him on Twitter, man, that guy is an explosive athlete. Like McKenzie's a good athlete too, but his video is, is for being six foot tall or, or maybe he's five eleven. I don't really know. He's so explosive. He's, he's flexible and, and strong in his lower half. I mean, Espino has, like I said, for a guy who's six foot five eleven, the rest of the physical characteristics are off the charts. I think it's just the fact that he's not, that tall, like if, if Espino sticks four, mm-hmm. he might be our number two overall prospect. Like he's got that much. I think, if I think he sticks four, he doesn't make it that far in the draft too. So, I mean, there's that. Right, he's got him right. And, and I think he's six one. What I've been told, six one, six foot, um, two ten. Body fat's about down down to about nine percent. Um, very flexible, strong. Works out all the time. He put in a lot of strength and conditioning and that's what you're referencing um the video that's been on twitter of him working out him doing splits and stuff like that the strong lower half i I don't have the physical concerns because as you noted he is an explosive athlete um probably the most 
uh, well, I'll just say it to me, he's the most dynamic prospect in the organization in that he could be the highest rated prospect in just a few months. And, you know, I would not be surprised if he broke into the top 50 in all, in all of baseball, as far as rankings goes. And if he ends up being a, a 60 ranked prospect at some point in his career, you know, maybe he moves up to the big leagues before he sees that, but I don't think it's going to be a long time before we see him in the big leagues, possibly as soon as mid year next year. Yeah. Once, once he gets on the field, on the mound, I mean, he'll dictate how, how quick he goes, but you're right. I think that potential is definitely in there. just depends on how the Indians handle his arm. It's going to be interesting to see um, where he ends up. I think, like I said, I think the height is always just going to hold outside evaluators back just, for the most keep, part. Most are going to look at his height. judging people. Use that again. And I'm going to apologize to everyone listening to this. <laughs> and not. It's awful. A very biased that, podcast. That's why we're not using video, Joe. I guarantee you I'm <laughs> I, I'm probably five inches shorter than so You guys than can't it. see my face. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap this up. Joe, um, give me out of this top 50, because we're not yeah. going to talk about the guys out of the top 50 because we're biased that way. Um, or top 70, I shouldn't say 50, but let's, let's keep it in the top 50 because – um, our top 50 is where the 40s go, but uh, give me a sleeper and a breakout prospect it, for this wasn't year. Wasn't John Kenzie sleeper enough for you? <laughs> Do I have to get sleepier than John Kenzie? That's fine. If that's your sleeper, is he also <laughs> okay? He's your sleeper, and, Man, and is he I'll also your breakout, Carlos or do you have somebody else? If you want me to pick someone else, I can, oh, but I think fine. Uh, I can go with Ray Burgos, oh, which is that's good. The, the cheaper version, I guess, of the same, <laughs> the same idea, because I don't think people realize how hurt <laughs> Vargas was last time he pitched. And I, yes, that's what I'm saying. So he and was, he was that still good, even though he was dealing hurt. with issues. And I think that's, he, I think he's definitely a major leaguer. And I think other people used to think that, and then they kind of gave up on him for a minute, but he'll be back. Willie, what about you? A sleeper and a breakout from this list? Yeah, pick him. Well, you know I love Carlos Vargas and that I've been on him for a while. Uh, I've been talking about that slider for a long time. And, and in fact, I, I think it was me talking about that slider, talking about the slider consistently that got you looking at him a little bit closer, Justin. Um, mm-hmm, Logan, Logan Allen, I think, is going to step out. It, that's an easy pick because he didn't pick his pitch last year. Um him and Contillo, Vargas, those are three pitchers that I think that will. Um, I, uh, I'm i curious what Aaron Bracho is going to do this year. You know, I was torn. Is he a left fielder or a second baseman? For now, he's a second baseman, so he's going to remain high in the ranks, but his bat is going to have to carry him no matter what. Um, and, of course, Rocchio, um, who didn't get to even play in the States last year, Somebody down a little bit lower, uh, I would call a sleeper, or maybe more of a sleeper yeah. was uh, Angel Martinez. Is somebody I really like. Yeah, that's and what's funny about Rocchio. Rocchio played in spring training in big leagues in 2020. Yeah. I think it was. I and he he like yeah, I feel like he, he hit a triple or something, and everyone that's went right. nuts, and they're like, "Who is this kid? He's never played above a ball." 
Yeah, oh, he yeah. hit a he hit a home run against one yeah, of the uh, Diamondbacks' young arms. And then after that, <laughs> yeah, it was Zach. Was Zach yeah, after that, he just disappeared out of the country. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and baseball disappeared. He hit he hit a home run off of a major league pitcher, and then he made the sport go into a, a lockdown. <laughs> His fault. Uh, yeah, it is all Brian Rocchio's fault. Hopefully, he gets a chance to make amends this year. Um, all these shortstops, I have no idea what's going to happen with them. I, I I'm going to stick with my breakout as Carlos Vargas with all of you because, like really said, when he started talking about that slider, I already knew Vargas could throw 98 to 100. Um, I think I think Vargas's changeup shows a lot of promise. I think I think the changeup is the pitch for him that's got the furthest to go in terms of refinement, but I think there's definitely some flashes of an average pitch there, uh, which would be a 50, as we've noted. Uh, the command's got some way to go, but I, really, if the Indians wanted to, I'm still convinced that if they wanted to put Carlos Vargas in the bullpen at some point in like June or July or August, he could be out there striking out hitters left and right uh, as, as a reliever as soon as this summer. I think the, the fastball and the slider are good enough to do it. So, I'll stick with you guys saying that's the break my breakout pick. Um, hmm, sleeper's a little bit hard to determine. If they, I'm still going to stick with Cody Morris as a sleeper. If they if they keep in the rotation, I don't. I really don't know if they're going to put him in the bullpen or they're going to let him start. What they're going to do, but I think if Cody Morris stays in the rotation, he's a guy that um, doesn't get a lot of love nationally as a pitching prospect that could bump his way up to a little better status. I mean, Logan Allen is an easy pick too, because he didn't pitch last year. And, and I do think that he's a guy who could fly through the system. Um, but I'm going to go with Cody Morris, I think just because there's, there's a, a mid rotation starter somewhere in that arsenal and, and uh, that frame. I like him a lot in that uh, group. All right. Which prospect needs a huge 2021 for their Bobby own development? Bradley? Joe. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, that's fair. It's a tough one. I mean, well, what, there's nothing yeah, else you can do in the minors, like, though. There's really a lot of these guys, do. even though they are two years older than the last time we did this, uh, a lot of them still have chances left in them. But I would say those guys that are aging out, uh, I mean, because the guys that are really young and, you know, have to play, uh, play for their lives right now are not on this list. Like there, there are tons of guys I've seen over the last couple of years who are still in the organization that if they don't play out of their minds in 2021 are going to be gone. And maybe they're already going to be gone. We just haven't heard it yet. Uh, so I think you got to go with the older guys. So if you didn't like Bobby Bradley's, how about Sam Hengis? That's a good pick because Sam Hengis still have some, some room to grow in the minors. I think Bobby Bradley – needs a shot to prove it in the majors. I think we know he can hit the heck out of triple-A baseball. Um, I just don't know if he's going to get it in, in Cleveland this year. Willie, what about you? Who Who is the prospect you see on this list that really needs a big year for their their future? Well, I think Joe did an excellent job identifying a couple of names right there. Um, I'm going to throw out Bobby Bradley, obviously, um, Sam Hentges, Scott Moss, and then um, – Oh, gee whiz, I lost his name. <laughs> I, Daniel Johnson, to me, uh, he's 25 years old. He needs a shot. You know, uh, he doesn't need to end up back in AAA. 
he needs a shot at the major league team and didn't get one last year. And of course, I'd say Jake Bowers just list. to rub He's you going off way, list. Justin, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's not on the list. I, 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 he, I, I don't want. I don't want to talk about Jake Bowers. I, I left him <laughs> off this list for a reason. Jeez, you're really just trying to to get me upset tonight. <laughs> Telling me that I'm I'm a bad person for assigning or ranking people by numbers and ageism, and and now you're talking about Jake Bowers. You're really just trying to get under my skin. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the obvious. You guys said Bobby Bradley was an obvious pick, and I, like I said, I think he doesn't have any development left in the minors. I know I know it's a big year for him as a professional, but as a prospect. I'm still going to say Will Benson. I think this is a make or break year for Will Benson. If he does not, does not get down the strikeouts this year, um, doesn't show he can handle high A pitching, which oddly enough, Will Benson is going to be back <laughs> in Lake County. Will Benson was in Lake County in 2018. He was back in 2019 and he had a great yeah. 2019. And then he finally got signed up to Lynchburg. And now that Lynchburg County have swapped uh, levels, he'll probably be back in Lake County as in that same level. And, and they'll go to Akron after that. But, um, I think this is a year that Will Benson, if he doesn't cut the strikeouts down and things go the wrong way for him, um, I don't like his, his future chances. I'm really rooting for the guy. He's a nice guy. He works his tail off. But um, I think this is a year that he really needs to show that he's going to be able to to keep the strikeout rate in an acceptable level to be a, uh, a future major leaguer. Oh, okay. I'll- I'll throw out yeah. who I was thinking of, and I, I forgot who it was for a second there. It was Nick Sandlin. Um, I think three years at AAA level, or this would be his third year at the AAA level. Um, you know, he questionable about the fastball velocity this past year. Don't know what was going on there, but uh, Fangraph said his fastball was down. Um, I'd heard reports that he was up to 95, and then Fangraph's the same. By the end of summer, he was 90, 92. Um, Sounds sounds sketchy with a guy who's had an elbow injury, you know, and had to have surgery. Uh, definitely concerned about what kind of year it is for him. He's going to have to show it on the field, on the mound. And, uh, of course, I think we all missed the most obvious one, Emmanuel Class A, who will be returning from a suspension and has a uh, spot in the bullpen lined up for him if he can prove that um, – you know, he's back. I mean, and, I, I saw, thought his zone. argument was more, is he going to be the closer or the setup man? Not, look, he has to prove himself. <laughs> well, well, is he, is, is he going to be able to, yeah, is he going to be able to, um, mm-hmm. let's say, just pass the test? Uh, but I think, you I, that mean, way. <laughs> you, yeah, I mean, you've got to look at sunk costs <laughs> at some point on some of these things, but I can't imagine they're going to give up on that trade that easily. Whereas, whereas I no, could they see, won't. No, I could see them give up anywhere. on Bobby Bradley because they feel 100, like, yeah. oh, we tried him for three games over the course of two years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he hasn't been given that much of a shot now that Carl Santana's not there. I mean, if they wanted to put Josh Naylor in the outfield and, and put Bobby Bradley at first base and say Cyanide I know you don't Bowers, like him, but you can even keep that. Bowers and still just, start Bradley at they, first. I don't understand. Like this is something that my brain can't process. I I don't I don't think I don't think the roster has the capacity to carry Fran Reyes, 
Josh Naylor, Jake Bowers, and Bobby Bradley. I just don't think you have room on the roster for all of them. One of those guys has to go between Bowers and Bradley. I think because they have an option on Bradley and because Bowers is out of options, you're going to see Bobby, or Bowers be given every chance, and he's either going to make or break himself well, this year, and then maybe next year Robbie Bradley becomes Jake Bowers, even though Jake Bowers – it's going to be so exciting. Um, yeah, all Willie's points that Nick Samlin makes sense. I think that's reflected in him being a 40 overall and, and being 37 on our list because if if we didn't have those reports on Samlin having his velocity drop, I think he would be ranked higher, like a 45, and be a potential setup man. But I would also add the caveat, and I've, I've said this before, and uh, James Harris mentioned this to me. I talked to James Harris last October before um, Instructs happened. Nick Samlin was not at Instructs down in Arizona because – when he had surgery on a stress fracture for his forearm in 2019, he came back and started rehabbing. He essentially was throwing. So if we lost Jeezy, um, I'm going to keep going. Uh, when he came back and started throwing, he came back from rehab at like, I don't know, July or August. And he essentially threw from August of 2019 until um, – I want to say the end of the regular season. So when, when did the prospects leave the alternate site camp? Like September. So he basically threw for a year straight because of rehab. So I wonder if that had something to do with his drop in velocity. It, it could. And that's something we don't know too, you know, so there's big red flag there when a pitcher drops velocity, especially after an injury, but it, really, as you're saying, it, it really could have been fatigue. Um, so maybe not so concerning, but we don't know. And there's a lot of arms catching up to him. At some point, he's going to have to be added to the 40-man roster. I think it's this coming off season. But he's going to have to prove it or get lost in the number shuffle because there's just such volume of arms in the system that are nearing ready or are going to need rostered in the next year or two. Yeah, he's definitely on that list. So this is definitely a big year for him. So that's, that's a good part of the inclusion. Um, I think I'm here. We'll see if we can get Joe back before the end of the episode. Willie, who is the shortstop of the future for you? Is it Andre Simenez or is it somebody on this list? I'm not talking about who's the starter for 2021. Who is the starter in 2022 and beyond? Andreas Jimenez. Uh, I, I do think he is the shortstop of the future. I think he'll hold down that position for the next five years. Uh, just because of his defensive giftedness, his speed, his ability to put the bat on the ball. Excellent um, pickup by the Tribe in the Lindor trade. I know a lot of people have takes one way or the other, but I really like that pickup. That's interesting. I'm, I'm going to go with Brian Roque. I'm going to say that Jimenez does not hold down that role uh, for the next five years. I will say that Brian Rocchio pushes them off at some point. And they'll trade Jimenez, or they'll they'll explore a different position. I think Rocchio is is a good defensive shortstop. We'll make contact. I I really want to say Gabriel Arias. Like I really want to say he's the shortstop of the future for the organization because if he makes the majors, he's a Gold Glove defender, and he could hit twenty to twenty five home runs. He's just got to put the bat on the ball and and rein that approach. And like if. Gabriel Arias' ceiling to me is an all-star shortstop. He's a guy who can hit like 260 and, and hit 25 homers and, and 
be a defensive wizard. I just I'm not confident he's going to hit enough to to get to that ceiling. So that's why I'm I'm saying Rokio is the shortstop of the future. But I, I really wish it was Arias because when you see him on the field on video, um, he just looks like he belongs there. How about outfielders, Willie? Is there any out? I mean, do the Indians have any future starting outfielders on our list this year? Uh, well, I'll I'll say George Valera. And not just uh, <laughs> they're going to be uh, long-term outfield starters that are homegrown players. I I think those two have a best chance um, of any. And of course, I'm taking two of the top ten. But if I had to go away from the top ten, I'm going to pick Petey Halpin because I think that just the the hit tool, his ability to make contact, uh, the speed, the arm. I think he's a highly talented center field type. Maybe he ends up over in right field if uh, if he picks up some weight and and slows down a little bit. Uh, but I definitely think that he has the potential to to be an everyday player at this point. And you know that's predicting five years into the future with him. But I, either between Valera and Bracho, I think you have an, a left fielder there. That's fair. I, I like Halpin. I'm not ready to to hitch my wagon to him being a starter yet, but I really like the idea of that. Um, just based on the tools, I'm going to say Jones and Valera. I think Nolan Jones is going to wind up uh, a major league outfielder for a couple of years. I don't think he'll move to third base. He might not never move back to third base, but uh, initially he's going to be an outfielder for at least a couple of years. So yeah, um, I was, I will I was say, born between left field and first base for him. So that's, that's why I didn't mention Jones. Only reason I didn't mention Jones because I, I don't know if he's a left fielder or first baseman. To be honest with you. Yeah, whatever gets his bat in the lineup. I mean, the offensive bar is higher to clear at first base. Obviously, like you've got to be a really great offensive player to to provide above average value as a first baseman. Less so enough, like left field. I think his bat, his bat is a sure thing in left field. I don't know if he's gonna hit often enough and hit get to all of his power at first base like first base if you want to be an above average first baseman offensively you've got to hit 30 home runs and he has 40 home run power but i don't know if he's going to hit enough for enough contact and i don't know if he's gonna um hit left-handers well enough to get to all that power in the majors all right uh well let's wrap this up we've gone kind of long i'm gonna skip past one question here what prospect are you looking forward to watching the most in 2021, Willie? Tyler. If you had to pick one, I know it's tough. Tyler Freeman. Yeah, I want to see how the um, change in his physique plays in the game. Um, as I said, you know, I, I think he's the number one prospect in the organization. Um, I think there there's all-star potential. He probably ends up at second base, but will provide tremendous – value for the team um but that's one player i want to see i, I want to see how the strength plays you know daniel espino was another one uh, i loved espino going into the draft and i think he's a future or potentially a future race uh, but it, one player tyler freeman i like that freeman for sure i i really think that that freeman like we talked about francisco lindor and jose ramirez I don't think anybody I, – I mean, I saw a ton of Lindor at Lake County in, in Akron. I did not think he'd ever hit more than 25 home runs. I thought 25 home runs was his absolute P. 
peak, like that would be his best year power wise. And he hit like, you know, 280, 300 or 20 steals. <laughs> I certainly didn't see Ramirez becoming an MVP candidate as good as I like, much as I liked him, as good as I thought he would be. I, I'm not saying Tyler Freeman is either one of those players, but I think a lot of people think that Tyler Freeman is a, um, based on his size and just the fact that he hasn't hit for much power in the minors yet, people kind of think he's a, you know, a, a punch and shooty hitter. But like you said, the added physique, and I just think that he's somebody because of his, his makeup and his grit. I hate to say, you know, a grinder type. That's so <laughs> typical. But I, I think all those factors make his his tools play up above their grade level. So you're looking at like a 50, you know, power, like a, a 40 power, but the strength might help him. I, I just think he'll grow into more power in the majors. I'm not saying he's going to hit 30 home runs, but. He's going to put the bat on me, the ball more. He's not going to draw walks, you know. He'll put the bat on the ball more, and more bat on the ball means more opportunity to drive the ball out of the park. Right. I, I think if, if – I would I could be convinced that Tyler Freeman's going to hit at least 20 home runs in the majors multiple times, maybe 25. I know people don't think he has that kind of power right now, um, but I, I like I, I see some of the same traits in him that I saw we saw in Lindor and Ramirez where those guys grew into power. I don't I don't know if Freeman's going to be a superstar like that. But I don't think he's going to be, but um, I, I do wouldn't be surprised if he hits 20 home runs in the majors – multiple times that's a lot more than people think he's going to do when you add in the guy a guy who can steal 20 25 bases can play a really good second base can moonlight at shortstop um and just be you know a, a guy you really like watching and having on your team as a teammate the way he plays the game i think it's it makes him an exciting prospect um i'm looking forward to seeing him this year i i'm also looking forward to seeing um tanner burns uh, he was a guy that i know you and um, Jared, who who helps out with our draft coverage, were kind of like, I don't say low on him, but if, you know he was an unexciting pitching prospect. But that's a guy who's had a lot of success in the SEC, and uh-huh. I want to see how fast he can get to the majors. I think there's a chance that he could run through the minor leagues awfully quick. So I want to see where they start him, and I want to see how he translates to the to the professional game. I think he could be a fast mover. He's, he's what I call a boring safe pick uh, um, whenever they picked him because I, I said in the draft coverage that he was a four or five easily with potential to be more. Um, being a number three starter would not surprise, and that's where I'm projecting him to end up as, as a number three starter. I, I think the uh, slider will tighten up with him, and uh, you know I, I think he does move. Within two years for the big leagues, I I say between him and Logan Allen, you're talking about two arms that will move through the big league or to the big leagues within two years. I think both of them uh, have that um, they have the control, but also the athleticism and the drive to make it. And, and those two arms should move quickly through the system. Um, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, high floor low ceiling type, low ceiling being a number three starter. So, you know, it's not sexy for some, but um, that's a, that's an excellent pick when it comes to upside. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to see where that ends up. Like I said, I, I agree with you on Logan Allen. So I think he and Logan Allen both end up moving pretty quickly. Um, just depends on where they start them. There's so many pitchers 
and there's so little time to pitch them all. Uh, so that's going to wrap up. This has been the, the top 70 uh, 2021 rankings podcast. As I mentioned at the beginning, you can check out the full top 70 at our website at the top uh, menu. It's uh, got a, a tab called prospect rankings. So you can see the entire list and the grades um, and you can see what date the reports are going to be published. Corey Holland and Chris Roller came out uh, today. Those reports are out, so you can read them now, uh, Wednesday, February 17th. Holland is free for non-subscribers and subscribers alike, so you can get an idea of uh, what we do here at IBI and, and how our rankings have changed and our valuations have changed in 2021. We want everybody to get a look at that. Chris Roller, to read Chris Roller's profile, you have to be an insider tomorrow. Uh, as Willie mentioned, he wrote up Juan Moda's scouting report. He'll be up tomorrow. That will be, again, open for all readers to take a look at, get an idea of what we do and, and the changes to our uh, evaluation methods. And then after that, you got to be an insider. So uh, at the top there, you can go to uh, log in our account. You can subscribe for $4.99 a month to see all 70. Uh, you can go back and look at past insider content. You can uh, get a look at future insider content. And that's going to include minor league game coverage from this year. I think uh, it was just announced on Twitter as we we're doing the podcast that it's looking like April is when we'll see AAA baseball come back and then May for AA and A ball. So April and May, we will have um, full minor league coverage back for you from Columbus down to Arizona, maybe Lynchburg. I don't know. We don't have, if anybody wants to travel to Lynchburg to cover the Hillcats, let me know. Uh, I won't be doing it, but if you're listening to this and you know somebody that lives in the area, or you live in the area and you want to write about prospects, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Um, so you get all that and more as a subscriber. You'll get uh, access to all of Willie's draft coverage. Uh, right now we have the MLB draft tab at the top of the website with Willie's big bo- first big board of the year. Um, as we get into the season a little bit more, if I have more on that, and a lot of that is going to be behind the paywall as well, so you're not going to want to miss that. Follow along every day as we post, like I said, two profiles Two scouting reports a day are posted uh, as part of our top 70. And then today we started the uh, position or the major league previews. So today was Brian Shaw, non-roster invitee. Um, I wrote up a preview on him and we'll have, I think 38 of those just guys on, who are in camp uh, from Brian Shaw all the way to Bieber and Jose Ramirez and everybody in between. Um, we'll have, I have a little help writing those out. You'll see who that is in the next couple of days. Uh, Willie, anything you want to add or plug before we get out of here? Not right now. I'm uh, excited about getting this top 70 rolled out, getting some minor league ball going again. And then from there, I'm going to dive back into the prospect or prospect into the draft coverage. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited about ball coming back. Um, hopefully be able we'll all be able to get out to some minor league games, maybe some major league games sometime this year you know i hope to run into a few folks maybe in akron or columbus uh throughout the year sometime yeah i hope that does happen i think it will i mean they're they're announcing the schedule so i think it seems like we're going to see my league baseball again this year i'm excited for that for sure so uh follow along indiansbaseballinsider.com uh check out the prospect rankings check out um the big league profiles on the guys in camp from major leagues Check out the draft tab as that, that starts to get updated a little bit more. Sign up to be an insider. It's $4.99 a month. 
Um, you could follow Willie on Twitter at W I L L H O O nine to 90, 99, 99, uh, you could follow me at jail underscore baseball follow. Oh, we lost Joe long ago, but you could follow Joe at burning river BB. You could follow the official IBI account at official underscore IBI. Uh, thanks for listening. If you got this far, thanks for being a listener, a subscriber, a fan, Anybody who interacts with us about baseball in general, uh, appreciate you. And let's all enjoy some baseball this year. And we will talk to you again soon.